home. And then we will hear from our pastor. Amen.
sure you have been told about our fall fest. Please make yourself available to support our young people, not just in this church, but in our community. And don't hesitate to share the gospel if the opportunity arises. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have any special title. Sometimes all people want to know what does God mean to you? What is your own personal testimony? And when they see what God has done for you, they are naturally inclined to say, I like what I'm hearing. I want to be a part of that. All right? Never miss the opportunity to share with somebody what does says the Lord. Amen? Amen? So, some call it October Fest. Some call it Fall Fest. Don't matter what you call it. Just make yourself available and let's come together and have a good time and also be a witness to our community. All minds clear? Uh, for those of you that don't know, this afternoon I am scheduled to be somewhere. Good, good hope. Amen. Uh, it's in the city of Wardfield. Not too. Where, whatever. Uh, we, we are going to go share with Good Hope. And we invite all of you to come and join us. Uh, Pastor Joseph Lewis is the pastor. Nice man of God. I admire him so much for his humility. And he always treat your pastor with honor and respect. So the choir will be there with me, but I'm sure he would love to see all of you to rejoice with their church. It is their church anniversary. Amen. Will you stand with me as we read a very familiar scripture? The book is Isaiah, chapter 53, verse number 5. Many of you know it by heart, and I just want to call a few things to your attention, and then we'll be ready to receive the Holy Communion. The book is Isaiah chapter 53 verse number 5 the Bible said he talking about Jesus was wounded for our transgression he was bruised 
for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we may be healed. We are healed. Please take note of the scripture. I just want to remind you how important it is that you see this thing working in your life and in my life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Glorify yourself in this house. Lord, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. I pray, oh God, that you will help us this morning. I thank you for your presence. And I pray that you will do what no other man can do. Touch our body. Heal our mind. Answer every question in the hearts of men and women this morning. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, How to Possess Your Healing. How to possess your healing. First, I want you to know why I am discussing possession of our healing this morning. The reason, ladies and gentlemen, is that I'm noticing that too many people are sick in our community. So God has a way of calling our attention to these things as ministers, and then he will give direction to go address the matter. We are what you call watchmen on the wall. So any pastor that is called by God has the responsibility to pay attention to what is going on around you. So because too many people are sick in our community, we have to remind ourselves how not just to sing about healing, not just to talk about healing, but how to actually possess it. If you are here this morning and you have any kind of diagnosis. Some of you even come to church with pills in your purse. So this message is not for some other people. This message is for you. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to bless you and bless me through his word this morning. While we're talking about possessing healing, I don't know about you, I've noticed a lot of funerals lately. The Bible talks about the importance of not dying before your time. 
So you have to make sure that you pay attention to what thus says the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, another reason why I'm talking about how we should possess our healing is because many of us, thank God for this church, many of us believe, at least theologically or religiously, we believe that God heals. So I can stand on the Bible and testify concerning this church that this is a church where people believe that God heals. We are getting concerned is that the same people that believe that God heals, many of them are sick in their body. So that's a contradiction. Then I begin to inquire of the Holy Spirit what's going on. And that is where I learn that the people still believe God, but they don't know how to possess what they believe. You see the difference? You can believe something that you never see. So my assignment this morning is to point out a few things by permission of the Holy Spirit on how to possess our healing. Not just recite the scripture. You can do that. <laughs> Not just think about healing. We are very good at that. But we need to learn how to actually possess the healing. Amen? The scripture that I read to your hearing this morning, many of you, if not most of you, believe that by his stripes we are healed. And I thank God for that. I like churches that believe in the word of God. But the truth be told, only few are experiencing the healing of God. Getting mighty quiet now. Don't shout me down for telling the truth. Why will you believe something but you don't experience it? Why will you sing about something passionately with emotion and yet you're not experiencing it? Ladies and gentlemen, the, the good news is that it's not the people's fault. The Lord is sharing with me over and over again that the shepherds are charged to take care of the sheep. So I'm calling on every pastor in this community to make it a point of duty not just to teach, not just to preach it, but show people how to possess it. All minds clear? Why is that important that we possess our healing? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the will of God 
is for every one of you, all of us here, to enjoy divine health. Don't miss that. The will of God, the heart of God, his provision for you and me is for all of us, not some of us, not occasionally. Permanently, you're supposed to enjoy divine health. Brother Pastor, how you know that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The word of God says, Third John, verse 2. Beloved, I wish, that's God speaking to you a minute. He said, I wish above all that you may prosper. And don't stop there, keep reading. God wants us to be in good health. So you have to pay attention because the heart of God is concerned that he has said over and over again that we ought to be healed, but we are not experiencing it. Regrettably, whether you believe this or not, many Christians are on medication. Some of them are sitting next to you. Just, just keep on looking cute. These are children of God. These are people on their way to heaven. They profess the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, what God promised concerning them, they are not receiving it. So instead, what you see, ladies and gentlemen, is that church people are learning basically how to cope with sicknesses and disease. Many Christians are struggling with all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases, all kinds of diagnosis. You'll be amazed how many people had to go back and forth to the hospital. They've become a regular customers. You don't need to look at anybody. I got to tell the truth and shame the devil. So instead of learning how to possess our healing, what many of us are doing is learning how to cope with sicknesses and disease. It's amazing what is going on in our world today because you'll be surprised how many people in the body of Christ are learning to put up with sicknesses and put up with their diagnosis and put up with their disease. Basically, they just learn to live with it. If their eyes is messed up, they learn to live with it. If their body is aching, they learn to live with it. But there's not a single scripture in the word of God 
That see, just learn to cope with sickness. Just learn to adjust your life to your situation, to your condition. Many people actually rely on medication to survive. If they don't take their medication, they will go down fast. So medication is what is upholding them. Now some of them, <laughs> they get into religion, they will take the medication just to survive, and then they will say, Lord, I thank you for healing me. But you talk to any medical doctor and all these nurses, they will tell you, you better take that thing. That pill is what is holding you up. So somebody's lying. Can you handle the truth? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that God cannot use medicine. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying your medication should not become a crutch. That you depend on it to survive. You can't even function your job without the maids. Now you are living on the pills. You have become addicted. Don't look at nobody now today. Even if it don't work enough, you go back and, and they jack up the dose. I believe with all my heart that God created medicine, God created doctors. But I also believe it's meant to be a temporary fix, not a permanent solution. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe me, let's just work as a theology for theologian for a few minutes. Let's suppose you broke your arm and you go to the hospital. Guess what they will do? They'll put a cast. Am I telling the truth this morning? To hold it together. To allow that arm to heal. But that cast is not going to be there for life. That cast on you is temporary. God bless you, brother. That's what your medication ought to do for you. God created medicine and doctors and nurses and radiologists, name them. I got some of my own family in it. And I thank God for all of you. Amen. Amen. But don't make it a permanent. Instead, learn how to possess your healing. That is what our assignment is this morning. So after a while, that curse has to be removed. Am I telling the truth? I never see anybody that we are a cast forever. 
on their body. So likewise, any medication should be short term. What I regret this morning is that many people have now made their medicine a permanent solution. In fact, some doctors will tell you, you have to take this for the rest of your life. That's right, Reverend. The problem with that is that we believe and we profess all the time that there is power in the name of Jesus. We will even say there is healing in the name of Jesus. Yet there is no evidence that we're experiencing what we're talking about. Now you know why now the young people are saying, no, you're just tripping. So when you see young people not coming to church, it's not about programs. Many of you confuse what's going on in our world today. They are not skipping church because you don't have a, a flying saucer. They can get that in the world. They have a heart for God. They are hungry for God. And churches will tell them, we got the solution. And they believe it. But then when they come to the house, and they see that what you are singing about, they cannot see it in your life. They look at preachers and deacons and deaconesses. Many people that say, yes, God is real, real in my soul. And you sing it with a baritone. But young people say, ah, that's fake. So they said, I'm out of here. We tell them this is the house of bread. That's what the word Bethlehem means. House of bread. Every church ought to be a house of bread. And then when they come, they look, all they see is empty ovens. No bread. So if we're going to say God heals, we've got to be able to possess our healing. We've got to be able to show the world. And they're looking. They want to see that you are healed. Ladies and gentlemen, so how do I possess my healing? That's my assignment today. Number one, you cannot possess your healing that you're talking about, that you're thinking about, that you actually believe until you get a revelation about the healing. If there's one problem in the church today, that's what's missing. No revelation of what we're talking about. No revelation of what we're preaching about. What is revelation? I don't want to assume that we all know what that is. It's very simple. Revelation is simply the truth of God that is revealed to you. 
Once you catch it, no devil can take it from you. Somebody shout revelation. So the problem is that we quote scriptures. We sing preach scriptures. We preach scriptures, but we have no revelation of what we are singing or preaching about. Ladies and gentlemen, any revelation that is not experience is just a concept. So the house of God is full of people with concepts, but no experience. People will say things like, the Lord will make a way somehow, and yet you can pay your bills. Either you are lying, or you have not caught a revelation of what you are singing about. Ladies and gentlemen, what you believe is what you're going to experience. No pastor can just pray, pray it on you. No mama, no daddy. There's something we call grace. And many of us, we have just been living on the grace of God. You think you, you got a revelation. No. It's just the grace of God and the mercy of God. So now you have to grow up beyond grace because after a while, God expects you to know you've been going to church since 1902. The Bible describes it this way. You cannot feed on milk all your life. Amen. Amen. So you have to catch the revelation of what it means to be healed. That's why Jesus celebrates everyone that got to this point. Whenever he sees them and he cooperates with them and, and they are healed, he will point to that man or that woman, your faith has made you whole. Can God look at you and be able to say to you, your faith has made you whole? But the truth be told, many of us have more faith in medicines than we have on God. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to freely receive what God has freely given. If you find yourself just you seek the Lord's grace healed you and then you're back to the same point. And then the devil had more. You had one finger that was hurting. Now three fingers are hurting. That's heaven trying to remind you, when are you going to grow up and learn to possess your possession? 
God can make you a promise, but that don't mean God will force it down your throat. You have to possess your possession. Remember, God promised Israel, I'm going to give you the promised land. Am I still in the book? And bless God, they sent 12 spies to go and check out what God has promised. And 10 of them came back. They say there's nothing to it. See, guess what happens to all of them? They died in the wilderness. So just because God promised healing, that don't mean you and me going to get it. We have a choice to receive or to reject or to ignore the promise of God. If you study your Bible, there's only two people who made it to the promised land. And those were the only two out of 12 that got a revelation of what God promised. Caleb and Joshua. The rest of them, they died before their time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a good recipe resume for any church members. When God said by his stripe you are healed, that's not just a cliche. That's not just fancy talk. When God speaks, things happen. So ladies and gentlemen, why are we not receiving? Number one, we don't have a revelation of what we're talking about. Number two, our mindset. Your mind can rob you of the will of God. I'm amazed sometimes we will even come to church and pray for one another. I've seen this over and over again. And before people get to the parking lot, they have talked themselves out of what we prayed about. So even though they, they, they came to church, they came for prayer, but really, they do not truly believe nor receive what we're praying about. Our mindset. So when I lay hand on you or anybody lay hand on you, doesn't have to be your pastor. Or when you lay hand on people, you have to truly believe what God said that you lay hand on the sick. He said, the sick shall not may recover, shall recover. So the way we possess our healing is this. You who is laying hand, you must believe that you're not just doing a religious practice. 
In fact, the Bible says, lay no hand on anybody suddenly. You will never find your pastor just lay hand on everybody. It's a serious matter. You got to know that you know when you lay hand on people, that person shall recover. None may recover. Sister girl is coming out. We had to do that yesterday. Amen. We were somewhere with a bunch of deaconesses. And I said, okay, let's pray. You put the integrity of God on the line. You cannot tell people we're going to pray and this man is going to be healed and then something else happened and now you're trying to dodge the bullet and trying to explain your way out because you never got a revelation of what you prayed about. We have to change our thinking. Amen, somebody. And by the way, not only is it important for you who is laying hand on somebody, the somebody you are laying hand on also need to believe that when you lay hand on him, he's out of this problem. How can two walk together except they agree? Amen, somebody. So when you come to the altar, when you ask somebody to pray for you, do you really believe? Did you come to be set free or are you just going through another religious exercise? I repeat, what you believe is what you will experience. It's time for us, you, me, all of us, to begin to experience the healing power of God. One of my mentors, Brother Hagen, he pastored a church for 12 years. And not a single person got sick. I gave you his name so you can check it out. Because many of you, part of your problem, you don't believe nothing. <laughs> Twelve years. Your own pastor. True story. I came to this church, I can tell you the year, and I decree and declare nobody would die in this church for the whole year. And God honored it. Are you listening to me? There's a difference between just singing about it, just preaching about it, and actually possessing your possession.
I was working on a job back then. I had to travel to, to Lake Charles, to Baton Rouge, to Monroe, Louisiana. I go as far as uh, Tallulah. I don't even know where those St. Joseph, all little place. So my job was on the line. I cannot afford just to be coming every week burying people. It was out of desperation. And if you pass the blackfoot, you can't say, send your representative. They expect you to be there. My mama died, you didn't preach. They would never forgive you for life. Free lesson for young pastors. I cry my heart out to God. He said, God said, exercise your faith. You can't believe God in secret. Because when you believe God in secret, you leave a way out. So if it don't work out, and then you settle, you say, well, maybe God never meant for me. But if you believe it, do like Joseph did. He taught all of his brothers. He said, God said this, I believe it. It is settled. We need to believe God. Another thing we need to pay attention to beside our mindset, ladies and gentlemen, is that we need to watch the association we keep. We live in a society. We live in a culture. We're dealing with media. Whatever you expose yourself to is going to affect your thinking. I cannot come to your house every day and say, turn that off. I am not a chaplain. If you have noticed, I I don't do good being a chaplain. I'm not the kind of pastor just hanging out with you. Ah, don't, you're about to touch a, a heart. No. My assignment, primary assignment, is to feed the sheep. Watch for your soul and provide leadership for this church. When I stand before God, it's going to judge me on those three areas. Peter, did you feed my sheep? Conte, did you watch for their soul? Did you lead the church? Take charge of the church which God has made you overseer. I'm helping some pastors right now. My brothers, my sisters, heaven is waiting on you and me to believe God. So, but whenever we expose ourselves, when we expose our mind, those things we expose to affects and shape our thinking. 
I never will forget our story. <laughs> it's an African story, you know. Africans like to tell stories. An eagle lay an egg. And bless God, somebody went there and took that egg. And then take it to where a chicken is also laying an egg. So now we have the chicken with chicken eggs and eagle eggs. And this chicken don't know the difference. She hatched all the eggs. So now we have a bunch of chicken children <laughs> with an eaglet. Are you all still with me? Well, the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that this eaglet was growing among the chickens. And guess what? He talked like the chickens. He walks like the chicken. He acts like the chicken. He never flew because he never saw anybody flying. You know what I'm trying to tell you? You are a sum total of what you're exposed to. I'm trying to help somebody. Don't say, well, it's just a movie. No, you are killing your soul. Be careful the association you keep. One day, this little eaglet saw an eagle and noticed that the eagle that he's looking at looks very much like him. It's a replica of him. He said, huh? And then he noticed this eagle was flying. And for the first time, he spread his arm and he take off and discovered that he could fly all along. This is the problem of many Christians. What you have been exposed to, what you are watching, can make you or break you. You see, before he flies, before then, he thought he was a chicken. He acted like he was a chicken. He talked like a chicken. You'll be amazed how many chicken talk are in the house of God. Don't look at your neighbor. What is my message? Pay attention to those who are influencing your life. Be careful. What show you watch. Be careful what television program you watch. Be careful what book you're reading. Be careful that you don't allow any mess to enter your mind. Every human being are born with gates. You have eye gates. You have ear gates. Yeah. 
you have mouth gate. Now, it is up to you what comes through your gate. Are you all still here? The truth be told, your thinking is foundational to your belief. You show me a man or a woman who is struggling believing God. I'll show you a person whose thinking is thinking. You cannot expose yourself to everything that goes. And then you say, I want to be strong in faith. No, you won't. There are all kinds of things that is messing up our soul from receiving from God. So watch what you are paying attention to. Make sure you spend more time in the word of God. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus called your attention, my attention to this. You know what he said? He said, take heed what you hear. The pastor cannot take that for you. In fact, the kind of church you go can make, make you or break you. Well, pastor, you don't understand, but my daddy founded the church. You and your, oh, Lord Jesus. When the devil is trying to take you out before your time, you don't have the luxury of talking history. You need to believe God for yourself. You cannot be hanging out among crackheads. And then you wonder why you have craving for drugs. You cannot spend your days, your week with unbelievers. And then you say, I want to be a, a strong woman of faith. You are lying to yourself. It will never happen. Because look at who you surround yourself with. The Bible, I don't have enough time to get into this. The Bible talks about David being a giant killer. Then David was running from his son. He was running from King Saul. You know his story. He found himself in a cave called the Cave of Abdullah. And bless God, there were some renegades in town. They came to hang out with him. And they spent years with him. Then the Bible said, this renegade, this is a bunch of nobody. Guess what they become? They all became giant killers. Because who you hang around will make you or break you. One of those renegades, the Bible says, he went out one day and killed 800 people single-handedly because he's been influenced. He sees himself as a giant killer. The Bible talks about another one who went and killed the brother of Goliath. 
You know what I'm trying to tell you? You show me who you hang around, I'll show you what you'll become. Are you still here? So ask yourself the question. By me spending time with you, is my faith getting stronger or is my faith getting eroded? And you can answer that question honestly. I hate to tell you I have very few friends now. There's a reason for that. I will not spend my life going with people who are not going the same direction with me. You can look at all your relationship, including your spouse. Don't let all this so-called ring and paper. That don't make you a, a husband. That don't make you a wife. You're lying to your own self. You have to ask an honest question. Me being around you, am I better off? Or am I going down? Many people profess to be Christian. They go to church, they sing, they teach Sunday school, but there is nothing showing in their life. No fruits. God don't want us to be just faithful. He wants us to be fruitful also. So what's your thinking? This is why the Bible says, and I have to stop. This is why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. He says, as a man thinketh in his heart. That's exactly what you're going to become. So pay attention to what you feed yourself. I'm not talking about natural food. But spiritual food. Amen. Amen. Let me say this in conclusion for the sake of time. Jesus came and his main sermon is called the kingdom of God is at hand. Wherever he goes, he will say the kingdom of God is here. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom of God means king's domain. And ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about where God rules. So in king's domain, when you become a child of God, you enter into the kingdom of God. In king's domain, no sickness is permitted to stay there. In fact, it's illegal for sickness and disease to be hanging out in a king's domain. It's impossible. Ladies and gentlemen, it will not prevail in king's domain. In a king's domain, ladies and gentlemen, whatever the king decree, that's the law. You know I can say this because I know here in America, you guys don't have no king. So sometimes it's difficult for you to relate to this. Those of us from third world country, we have a king when the king speaks. 
everything must comply. And the king of this domain, his name is Jesus Christ. He said, I was wounded for your transgression. The king is talking. He said, I was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace, he said, was upon me. And then Jesus said, by all the stripes that I took, you are healed. Because the king has spoken. He is no longer subject to discussion. You need to embrace it. So when cancer comes to your body, you say, ah, you are illegal. My king said, by his stripe, I am healed. If leukemia showed up in your body, you say, ah, you are illegal. My king said, by his stripe, I am healed. If your back is hurting and your knee is buckling and your toe won't move and your body is aching, you need to know that you know your king has spoken. By his right, you are healed. And you have to enforce that. You know what the Bible says, Brother Dickens? Jesus, before he leaves, he said, Occupy until I come. Hallelujah. Stop playing with the devil. Stop getting used to sicknesses and disease. Listen to your king. And the book says, whose report you going to believe? You know, I learned a hard lesson. In my business, I have a, some businesses. I'm into business of vending machine. Many of you don't know that. My source of income is not just a ministry. Amen. I have a trade just like most of you. And another thing I do is real estate properties. One of my tenants was, was a stubborn tenant. So he's been giving my wife a hard time for a long time. So I finally got tired of it. I decided to evict him. All right? And bless God, I went to the court, filed my petitions, submitted my pleadings, and the judge granted me a judgment. But God, I've got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that judgment is just a piece of paper. It doesn't worth a dime until you enforce it. You know the amazing thing, the Lord used simple things to, to teach me big, profound stuff. After I got a judgment of eviction, my tenancy, I'm not moving. 
I'm trying to help somebody now. That's what the devil is doing to you. Jesus filed a petition in the courts of heaven. And God granted the petition and gave you a verdict. By his stripe, you are healed. No disease can hold you down. No sicknesses can rule your life. But you got to enforce. That man will not leave my apartment. I have to, I have to call for the city marshal. Put all his furniture on the street. Put all his luggage there. I said, this is my property. You know what God is waiting for? He's waiting on you and me to enforce to enforce the judgment. He said on the cross, it is finished. Now it's time for you and me to act upon that judgment. The devil will not leave you alone. He won't leave me alone until I have to tell him, get your ugly head out of my children. Get your ugly head out of my house. Get your ugly head out of my business. Get your ugly head out of my healing. By his stripe, I am healed. And you know one thing? Oh, I was tr- I'm trying to stop, Reverend. You know one thing I found out as a child of God? That your body, my body, is the temple. You're right, Reverend. Is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know what that means? You see, they used to have to go to a big building to find God. God is, ah, God is in you. Are you listening to me? But here's a, check this out. God and sickness, they cannot dwell in the same body. If sickness is coming in, you have to say, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Wrap it. Sing it. Say, you are illegal here. The devil wants to remind you what you did wrong. You were eating Buddha. And that's why you got it. You, you, this, your mama got cancer too. Your ground. No, the devil is alive. He said he was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripe, I am healed. Everybody stand to your feet. Take possession. Enforce the judgment. Watch your thinking. Get a revelation. Of who you are in Christ. You are royal priesthood. You are chosen generation. That's right, Brother Dickie. You are peculiar. You are called by God's name. I want to pray for somebody today. If you have to deal with any form of diagnosis, 
and it's still lingering. Oh, you're getting treatment. You are the one that God sent me to. It takes faith to believe God. Find your way to the altar right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The other day, I got a call from a heart doctor. I don't mind telling you his name because many of you would never believe. His name is Dr. Hotham. He is the best in this area. He called me. He said, I haven't seen you in years. I said, you're right. He said, I assume you have changed doctors. I said, you're right again. He said, well, tell me the name of your doctor so we can transfer all your record. I said, his name is Jesus. By his stripe, every one of us, from the pulpit to the pews, Every one of us, we are healed. We don't have to put up with it. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father God, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I praise your name for the miracle you wrought for this church just yesterday. I thank you. Thank you for proving to us again and again you are Jehovah Rapha, our God that healeth. You said, I send my words and heal you of all your disease. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch every one of us right now. From the pulpit to the pews, glorify yourself in this house. Let Zion Hill be a healing station. I pray that people will come from north, from south, from east, from west to behold your glory in this house. We are sick and tired of being oppressed by the devil. But Lord, we thank you for your word. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power. He goes about healing not some, all who are oppressed by the devil. But the Lord was with him. I stand in agreement with every man, every woman. Whatever is the diagnosis, whatever is the condition, whatever the situation, Lord, I decree and I declare how can you do that, son of man? Because you said if we decree a thing, it shall be established. Today we decree and declare healing in this house. Healing in this house. Deliverance in this house. Lord, I thank you that shackles have been broken right now. Lord, I thank you that chains have been broken right now. Lord, I thank you that you are healing our body. You are healing our mind. You are healing our soul. Thank you.
it's already done. I say it's already done. By your strife, we are healed. We receive it right now. We believe it right now. Forgive us, oh God, for every stinking thinking. Forgive us, oh God, for our delay in possession. Forgive us, oh God, for our hanging around the wrong information. Lord, I thank you. Grass may wither, flowers may fade, but your world will stand forever. Touch us right now. It is so. In Jesus' name. Somebody open your mouth, shout amen. amen. How will you act when you receive? Shout amen. amen. Come on, give God the glory. Shout amen. amen. It is so. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. Thank you for your willingness to study the word of God with me. The deacons are coming. Thank you, deaconesses, for preparing the table. The ministers are coming. Let's receive the Holy Communion. The blood will never lose its power.
Sunday serve. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to remember the victory of Jesus on the cross called Calvary. Lord God, the man of God has spoken the word this morning concerning our healing, our deliverance. And Lord God, we receive it right now by faith in the name of Jesus. So Lord, right now, we will drink of the cup, bread. And we thank you for that opportunity in Jesus' name. You may eat and drink at this time. Thank you all. That concludes our 8 a.m. service. If there's one here on today who are desiring to become a part of the body of Christ, and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord, we ask that you meet us right here at the front of the church at the end of the service. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We glorify you, O oh God. Lord, keep us until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.